You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. I'm your host, Adam Rosen. I'm a fellowship-trained, board-certified orthopedic surgeon who specializes in knee replacement. Here I'll talk to you about common knee complaints and other orthopedic issues. We'll cover other important health-related topics, all of which are meant to helpfully answer some of your questions and help improve the quality of your life. Thanks for listening, and on with the next episode. Hello and welcome back. This is Adam Rosen. You're listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about a very important hip muscle when it comes to the knee. Around the hip, basically when you look at the butt muscle, there's a large muscle that covers the back of the butt and starts from the pelvis down to the hip bone called the gluteus maximus. But underneath this are two other smaller and important muscles. One's called the gluteus medius, which is the one that we're going to talk about today, and an even smaller muscle called the gluteus minimus. Now, occasionally, and this is sort of off the topic of what we're going to talk about today, but people can get hip bursitis. Um, More commonly now, the lateral side of the hip is called this lateral hip pain syndrome because you can have piriformis syndrome and trochanteric bursitis and gluteal tendonitis. But what's important is knowing what the real problem is as repetitive cortisone injections, potentially to reduce inflammation from bursitis, can further damage and weaken these tendons. And this can cause a problem with your gait. So the dreaded complication, either from multiple cortisone injections or from a traumatic injury, is a gluteal tendon rupture. And people, I think, are more familiar with rotator cuff tears and rotator cuff tendon ruptures. So this is sort of analogous to the rotator cuff of the hip. And if somebody has pain and tendonitis in these muscles, specifically the gluteus medius, then they'll have pain and they might have a limp, but it's functional. Just like if you had a partial tear or strain of your rotator cuff, you could move and lift your arm. It would just be painful and weak. The thing that will happen later in addition to the the limp is if this tendon does rupture, what'll happen is you'll have a severe limp or a severe change in your gait, what we call a Trendelenburg gait. And what'll happen is, let's say, for example, the hip that we're talking about is your right hip, that when you stand on one leg, your right leg, the reason that your pelvis stays stable and parallel to the floor, that your belt line, when you look in the mirror, is straight and not tilted, is this muscle is pulling that pelvis down and making sure that your pelvis is stable. So if that tendon is ruptured and you step onto the right leg, what'll happen is that muscle isn't attached from the hip bone to the pelvis bone and your pelvis drops to the other side. So your left hip actually gets further closer, gets closer to the floor and your belt line on the right goes up higher. And this is a very distinct waddling gait. But how do you, how does this affect the knee? That's what you're wondering. So what's interesting is that more often than not, a lot of people have knee pain, whether or not this is normal knees whether or not this is an arthritic knee, or whether or not this is a replaced knee that otherwise functionally is okay. You know, someone examines it aside from, say, the arthritic knee, where you have x-rays that show arthritis, but the ligaments are stable, the muscles around the knee joint are stable, the implant, if you have a total knee replacement, is stable, and the person still has knee pain. Okay, so why? Well, one, we have to ask, what does this muscle actually do? So we talked about it stabilizing the pelvis, But what it also does is that the pelvis is stable, it can bring your leg up and out to the side, what's called abduction, abduction, and it also controls rotation. So it functions both as an internal and external rotator of the hip 
depending on whether or not your hip is straight up and down or whether or not your hip is bent at 90 degrees. So what happens is if this muscle is weak and your leg is straight and you're trying to stay upright, what'll happen is your muscle can't pull your leg out to the side, what's called abduction, and it can't externally rotate the leg. So your knee does the opposite. Your knee falls inward towards your other knee and it rotates inward. And a lot of patients will come in and will say, my knee is unstable when in actuality, the ligaments of the knee are okay. So there's not a a knee ligamentous instability problem, but they feel as if their knee's buckling because the hip muscle is weak. So this is also one of the main reasons that athletes may tear their ACL. So if that muscle is weak and every time that they're running and cutting, that knee is subtly turning in, they're more likely to be at risk of rupturing their anterior cruciate ligament. So you can understand how it's a really, really important muscle, even though it's not in the knee area, it's in the hip area because it stabilizes the pelvis. It's actually, on an even separate note, um, there's actually some data that shows that people that have a flat foot deformity, what we call pes planus, may also benefit from strengthening exercises of this muscle. Because if this muscle is weak, not only does your knee rotate in and bend inward, but the next thing in line is the foot. And then the foot starts to roll inward and that can actually weaken the arch and cause foot pain. So let's talk about this muscle. Okay, so how do I see this muscle as being a weak thing? Well, when we always talk about in medicine of examining a body, we're always specifically when we talk about joints, looking at the joint above and below. So when we're looking at the knee, we're always trying to examine the foot and the hip. So one of the things I'll look for is whether or not someone has a flat foot deformity. And when you watch them walk, you know, the question is, is the knee buckling inward? Is it rotating inward? And you can see this from the front and the back. You'll see it from the back as their knee sort of pivots in. And when you look at them from the front, as they're walking towards it, the kneecap is rolling in. So one of the things that that may also cause is pain underneath the kneecap. So a lot of people will have pain going up and down stairs because the hip muscles are weak and the kneecap is turning in or the knee's turning in. And that changes how the kneecap functions or how the knee functions to straighten and bend the knee. So again, watching this and examining this is one simple way of picking up on, is this a hip problem or is it a knee problem or is it both? Now, what about testing of strength? Well, if you've been to the gym um, or you've worked with a trainer um, or you've worked with a physical therapist, there's machines where the pads are on the outside of your knees or you can wrap a band around your knees and you can push your legs out to the side. So that can test these muscles. But again, these muscles work a little differently when the leg is straight and when the hip is bent. So you can test them individually. One of the other ways that you can test this is just laying on your side. So if we're, again, talking about the right hip and you're laying on your left side and you lift the right leg up in the air, is it painful? Is it sore? Is it weak? Is it weaker than the other side? So these are little simple ways that we can test this as well as just having people stand on one leg. If you stand on one leg, say the left, your pelvis and belt line are stable in the mirror, you don't have any pain. And then you try standing on the right leg and your pelvis droops a little bit. The left side goes low or the right side goes high and you have some pain on the side of the hip. That may indicate a problem with this tendon. So if you think uh, that your knee pain or your foot pain, or your hip pain, maybe due to this muscle, and some of these symptoms, and some of these weaknesses, and things that you may have noticed 
all of a sudden it clicks and you're like, hey, I think I think this is me. This is where some of my pain is coming from. Then it's important to see your doctor. Um, and what they will probably do is examine you. They may take some x-rays and check your gait, check your muscle strength and figure out, you know, is that the cause? Is that the cause along with other stuff? Or is there another reason for your pain and symptoms? And then typically, the first thing to try is a series of exercises. You know, whether or not you do these on your own or your doctor explains them to you or you go see a physical therapist or a trainer, there's lots of different ways that you can work on these muscles. Um, so simple, simple ways of working on this. Um, the what's called abduction exercise is one way that targets these muscles. And there's really a, an easier way and a harder way of doing this. So if you're standing up, holding on to a counter, and again, we're talking about the right leg, but I always have my patients always do, if you're doing you know, one set on the right, also do it on the left. So you're working both sides of your body equally, and it also helps you find out how balanced you are. So we're standing on our left leg, holding onto a counter, standing upright, looking in the mirror, making sure that our pelvis is stable, taking your right leg and bringing it up out to the side as far as it'll go. Typically, for most people, they'll get 10, 20, 30 degrees out, what's called abduction. And at that point then you're going to hold it, just pause for a split second. And then I have people bring it back down on a three count, three, two, one. Because what I find a lot of people make the mistake of, they throw it out there, which is good, you're using the muscle, but then they let gravity kind of drop it down. So you're missing, you know, essentially half or more than half of what you can gain from that actual exercise. So usually I'll have patients start with most exercises that I review with them. I'll have them start with say one set of 10 on the right and one set of 10 on the left, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Second week, do two sets of 10. Third week, three sets of 10 and kind of build up slowly from there. Now, what if you say, well, that's easy for me. You know, my muscles aren't that weak and that that is really easy for me. Well, an easy uh, one way to make it harder, an easy way to make it harder, I should say, um, is now you can lay down on your side. So if you're laying on the floor, now we're gonna start on our left side and do the same type of exercise with your right leg, bring it up as far as it'll go, pause and slowly bring it down. What you've done now is you've changed sort of the weight of your leg with regards to the hip joint with gravity because standing up, you're gonna find the weight of the leg is a little bit lighter. And when you lay down, you're gonna have the entire weight of your leg that has to be supported by the muscle. So for someone that does have some soreness or weakness, they may find starting in this exercise kind of form harder. So you can do it standing first. And then some people always try adding in either ankle weights um, or bands. That's definitely more advanced than something that you should be doing with a trainer or a physical therapist. Um, but the other, and probably the other most common and the second exercise that I teach to a lot of my patients is what's called the clamshell. Um, and there's really two main ways that I have people do this. Um, if they do have elastic bands at home, um, I have them sit in a chair. So if you have your knees and your hips, everything's bent at 90 degrees, and you have your ankles together, what you do is you wrap an elastic band around your thighs just above your knees, and your ankles stay together, but you just take your knees and you push them out to the side. So again, this shouldn't be super hard um, as you push the band out. If it's really, really hard and your muscles are weak, you got to lengthen the band or use a lighter band. Because again, you don't want to just push out and let the band pull your knees back together, but you want to push out, pause and then slowly bring your knees together. You actually gain a lot more muscle strength on the coming together as opposed to just on the coming apart. Um, so that what's called a clamshell. The opposite way of doing this um, is something that I'll do for people that have a little bit more soreness or weakness, don't have bands, is again, laying on your side. So you've done this exercise, the abduction, laying on your side, legs straight up and down. In this exercise, you're gonna bend your knees slightly, bend at your hips and your knees, 
and keep your ankles together. Think of keeping your ankles glued together. And if you're laying on your left side, you're just going to raise your right knee up in the air, pause, and then slowly bring it back down. Think of it like a clam on the bottom of the ocean, just slowly opening and slowly shutting. And most of the time you do this once or twice and think, oh, this is easy. And then you get down the road, 10, 15, you're like, wow, this is actually hard. Even this little exercise demonstrates to you how weak that muscle can be. And then flip to the right side and do 10 on the left. So those two simple exercises are something that are very easy that you can do at home without any special equipment unless you know you have the elastic band, but you could easily do these without the elastic band. And they are going to target specifically the gluteus medius although there's three main muscles in that muscle group, the minimus, the medius, and the maximus. And each of those muscles has a slightly different function, um, but the big one that we're trying to target here is the gluteus medius. So keep that in mind that if you have knee problems, if you feel like your knee buckles in, um, if you feel like your leg's rotating inward, if you have some soreness on the side of your hip, or you notice a little bit of you know gait abnormality where you're kind of limping or waddling a little bit, um, these are exercises that you can add into your exercise routine. But again, if it's something more significant, more pain, a significant gait abnormality, a significant limp, you're having trouble walking, you know, these are things that you really need to seek out care and have you examine to make sure that there's nothing else going on in addition to just the muscles. And again, like I've said before, um, anytime that you begin any exercise program of any kind, always talk to your healthcare provider and make sure that these exercises and an exercise program is something that would be safe for you to do. Um, and if you're doing these at home and you're having some trouble, um, seeking out a physical therapist or a trainer is good. Uh, or if you had a little problem and you found that these exercises actually did help a bunch and you want to take it to that next level, there are definitely some more advanced exercises that you can do that target these muscles. But it's really important to work on these kind of less impactful exercises first. So I hope that helps, and I hope that really answers a question that some of, you know, most people, I would say, don't really think about, is why is my knee causing problems, and everybody's telling me my knee looks fine, because it's probably coming from your hip. Um, so think about the gluteus medius. And until next time, I'm Adam Rosen. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Your Knee, Your Health podcast. If you've not already done so, please subscribe so you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you enjoy what you're hearing, please take the time to leave a review. It helps other people like you find the show. I'm your host, Adam Rosen, and until next time, stay safe.